So how uh, how's your day been, man? How are you? How are you doing? I'm tired. I'm tired, honestly. The way cut, you know. Um, most fighters are starting to get to them, but it's just more so of a physical thing. It's not a mental tiredness. It's right now. It's just usually when I cut weight, it's hard for me to sleep. So it's one of those things where I'm just trying to get sleep when I can. Yeah, man. I mean, speaking for myself here, like throughout the pandemic, I've put on an extra few pounds. How did you find the weight cut this time around? Did you end up putting on some weight or did you end up, you know, kind of staying, uh, staying in shape despite not being able to get 100% training? Um, I'm actually getting 100% training. So most people that are making excuses like, oh, I haven't been able to train in gym. It's like, dude, train outside. Like, I, that's what I did. You know, I went hiking, swimming. Um, I was doing my sprints outdoors. I was still working out with body weight exercises. And I was finding ways um, to make sure I was still staying in shape, shadow boxing, visual training. And when I got back to the gym, I felt like I was doing better. You know, I, I felt um, better than before just because I was staying active. But that's how I've always been. If I, you know, miss a morning practice or an evening practice, I'm still going and working out somewhere and doing something all the time. So there's no excuse for anybody right now when it comes to the MMA world. You know, the people that are saying, oh, I haven't been able to get the quality training I need. It's like with COVID, you know, everyone, especially if they're in the UFC, has a gym that they can go to. They're just making an excuse not to fight right now. Yeah, as as someone with uh, with two brothers, I can I can kind of relate too. Where in the sense that even if the gym's not there, you've got that competition at home that that's someone you can train with. How how important has he been? Um, not just for your career, but like for this camp in particular. Um, we've actually got to train a couple of times together only. So I live down in Sacramento, and he lives up in Humboldt. So when he travels down here, we're able to work out together. When I travel up there, we're able to train together. But for the most part, um, we're always making sure that if either one of us or both of us have a fight, that we're always there for each other for at least, you know, two weekends during the training camp. How does it feel knowing that uh, that he's going to be on the same card as you? We've are, we're used to it. We've done it multiple times before. So it's one of those things where it doesn't really bother us at all. Do you um do you feel like an extra like obviously you're both super successful none of you have had a loss in your career do you feel as if one of you were to lose um next week it almost feels like not complete like even if one of you get the win and the other one doesn't do you feel like it's not not a full on win it's not really a true win unless you both do um you know we haven't thought about that because of the fact I don't think about losing ever I've never thought about what happens if I lose I'm always just visually training myself to be ready to win so I mean a lot of people say you know you'll you'll do what you see you'll you'll repeat it in real life and that's all I've been doing in my fights so when I go out into the cage I actually don't think because when you think you're taking too much time if you have to think about something it means that you're hesitant yeah instead of just you know doing what you naturally do i train every day so it's one of those things where it's like even on a sunday i'll find a way to just do some shadow boxing even if it's light but i'm always visually training maybe i guess like in a past opponent or possible future opponents and uh, my brother does the same thing so we've never ever seen ourselves losing to an opponent do you um do you feel going into this fight uh, like you said you don't really think a whole lot it's a lot of it's just on, on instinct you've you've done it so many times but one thing that's going to be kind of 
unique is the fact that there is no audience. Do you feel like that's going to play a factor in this fight, being able to hear both corners, the commentary? You're not going to be able to hear the audience. Are you someone who feeds off the crowd's energy, or do you think you'll be able to drown all that out? Honestly, I don't care about the crowd. I, all my family and friends, whenever you know I fought in front of them or you know fought over in Wisconsin, I, I really don't care if there's a crowd or not. It kind of just reminds me of like, and it's pretty cool. It's like my brother said it best. He's all, it's like just meeting up after school with somebody and then just being ready to beat the shit out of them. But there's just going to be a few kids watching. So, I mean, the fact that there's a camera doesn't bother me either. In Wisconsin, they had a camera um, at Bear River. There's a camera. And a lot of people, you know, they're saying like, oh, be ready because the camera's going to be in your face. Oh, be ready because during your wake up, you'll have to do interviews. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, there's no difference. So getting ready fight no matter what you just have to get ready for a fight there's just a few extra things so um it, it doesn't bother me at all do you do you feel any added pressure knowing that guys like dana white and that the the ufc contract could potentially be on the line and i know you you and your brother both like to get finishes anyway but do you feel like you know you you're gonna like change your style to try to get that finish or you're just gonna fight your fight regardless of who's in the crowd who's watching what's at stake no, I'm not going to change my style. My style is to always get the finish. That's what makes me and my brother exciting fighters. We don't trust judges. We think judges are shitty nowadays. And um, actually, the reason why I have a hard time with judges is because a long time ago, my very first amateur fight was uh, held in a tournament style where you can win prize money, so it's 25 bucks to enter. And if you win, you can win 500 750 or $1,000, depending on how many people were in your bracket. So, unfortunately, my first opponent forfeit. So, I, instead of making $1,000, I only made $750. So, I was, that was a bummer. But this is my first amateur tournament. It was fun. Um, but my first opponent that I actually got to fight, I went out. I took down, like, in three minutes, I think, got, like, eight or nine takedowns. And I was, you know, controlling on top. I was dominant. I was going for submissions. I was ground and pound. Uh, he didn't land a single strike. And I won by split decision for that round. <laughs> Yeah, it, the promoter came up. He's all, we found out which judge did that. We already fired them and hired a new judge. And I was like, all right, cool. And then the next round was a championship, and I ended up knocking out the guy. But, you know, it, it, at that moment, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, not once did this guy land a single punch. I outstruck him, and I got the takedown advantage, and I was beating him up on the ground. And I win by split decision for the round. So ever since then, man, I, I was like, fuck judges. I don't care if they're voting for me, if they thought I won a round or if they thought I lost a round. I'm never going to leave it to the judges. So even if it, you know, I've had two fights to the third as a pro, and I'm still pushing the pace to finish the fight. If the fight goes past the first round, I'm telling myself, okay, I won that round, but what do the judges think? I got to finish this. It's uh, it's unfortunate that that's the reality of this sport. I mean, it's it's great for fans because it forces fan fighters to go out there and perform. But that that what you just described isn't just happening on the amateur circuit. Like it's happening in the UFC at Bellator at the highest of levels, and it really is something that needs to change. Um, how do you how would you like suggest if you were to be if you were the person that made the decision on on how do those uh how to change the judging? What would your suggestion be? I would say you get former MMA fighters, mm -hmm. uh, former MMA fighters who have recognition in the sport or have former MMA fighters who aren't totally batshit crazy. Um, 
you know, get together, have Dana White start his own commission of judges, or even Bellator do the same thing. Just MMA in general, like the Nevada State, California, New York, and every other country like Brazil, um, especially Brazil. But, you know, the athletic commissions, they need to start, instead of hiring people who just sit on their asses, don't know what the fuck they're talking about, they need to hire former athletes who understand the rules of MMA, understand the structure of, okay, the majority of the round took place on the ground, but if the guy got a takedown, did he do anything with it, or was the guy on bottom more active? Like, for me, even though I'm a wrestler, if a guy gets a takedown, and I've seen this in a fight before. Guy got a takedown. They just held on. The bottom guy was throwing elbows, and they landed a bunch. And then on the stand-up, the other guy who was on bottom got up, but they gave it to the other dude because of control on the ground. So what technically is control on the ground? That's something they need to restructure. And I think if you had people, you know, like Boss Root and Chuck Liddell, uh, a couple other people that throughout this uh, history of the sport, maybe even Fedor, get a couple of different people who are known to be legends in the sport and then get other athletes that, you know, are fairly recognized in the sport as well to be the new judges. That way they can have a criteria they set and say, hey, this is the criteria. Because even then, you have a choice. Whereas I feel like MMA, you know, judges now are kind of like locally biased or they're state biased. We've seen it with Diego Sanchez. He got his ass whooped and somehow he pulled off the win still. Yeah. Got his ass whooped. But he got a split decision win, and then you find out that two, uh, <coughs> excuse me, two of the judges hired are also from the same town of Albuquerque, whereas one judge from New Mexico, he's from another uh, city. So it's just one of those things where they need to have some new reform and uh, get a bunch of people together, uh, present or past fighters, have them create a plan. That way, stuff like that doesn't happen again. And, you know, it's never going to be perfect, just like the NFL. You know, they brought up the whole entire, uh, what was it, the pass interference replay call, and they barely ever called it, even though it's blatant pass interference. So I feel like that's never going to happen. But I do feel like the UFC should bring yellow cards and red cards. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you think about the commentary team. Like, they're filled up with, like, Dominic Cruz, Daniel Cormier, uh, Dan Hardy. Like, why not have some of those guys also, you know, be referees or be be judges? I think that would go a long way. Um, and and I, I agree with you 100%. I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, on- the reason they don't have them as uh, referees is because of the bias. You know, maybe one fighter who got knocked out really bad or, you know, got a TKO one time and, you know, felt like it wasn't stopped early enough, if they were to ever – uh, you know, go and ref a fight and they see somebody get dropped, but they're recovering, but then they go and stop it too soon. And we've had a couple of those too, you know, it's about what you see. And if, you know, it's, it's all up to discretion of the person who's either refing or judging, but they need to work on that. You know, they need to be able to watch past videos and be like, okay, should this fight have been stopped or should they have let it keep going? Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your fight. I mean, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about your opponent. And he's also going into this fight undefeated. Um, I was talking to to Lewis yesterday about his opponent who has some losses. So it's a lot easier to be like, okay, you know what? There's some, you know, he made a mistake here, and that's it's a lot easier to pinpoint someone's um, flaws when they come off a loss. 
But when someone's undefeated, it's a lot harder to like break them down and try to find out their mistakes. So what have you been doing to try to figure out how you can beat him? Well, first and foremost, I took a look at my past five videos. Um, they're kind of hard to find, but you know you have to dig deep to find them. And uh, when I was watching my past videos, I was realizing my own mistakes and how I could capitalize off that. And so when I was watching them, I was like, all right, cool. I could have finished the fight here, but I allowed it to keep going because instead of doing this, I did this instead. So I started practicing what I should have been doing instead of letting my body just naturally want to go for like a haymaker KO. So now it's more methodical in the sense of if I damage an opponent, I can just take my time with it rather than be like, oh, blood rush. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to fighting someone who's undefeated, I've done that before. Um, Joe Cropshot. I was 3-0 and at the time. He was 4-0. and He was undefeated, and I did the same thing. You know, I knew he was going to have a good ground game. I knew that he would um, have a decent stand-up. And what I did, I was studying everything he did. I studied for everything, and then I picked him apart on the stand-up. You know? Um, unfortunately, that video got taken down, but I don't know why. But even on the ground, you know, like, it wasn't that he did anything impressive. It was just that he capitalized on the mistakes I made. And then once I realized, hey, man, stop being a fucking idiot, I was able to control the rest of the fight. So in the first round, he ended up taking my back, but I was just thinking too much. And so I told myself, yo, man, you got to stop thinking. He has your back. And so I ended up getting up, getting out. And from there, I just controlled the rest of the fight. But with Matt, I've seen his fights. And, you know, he's athletic. I, I'm not going to shit on a guy who's undefeated. Yeah. He's undefeated for a reason. But I do feel like he's a little stiff. He's a little slow, whereas, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more versatile. Uh, he has repetitive combos I've seen in his fights. And I'm not going to sit and assume that he's going to throw those same combos. But history has a tendency to repeat itself when it comes to that with most fighters. You know, it's a, it's a theory for him that it works. So why change something if it's working? You know, if he gets hit, he does not like to get hit, whereas I don't mind just sitting there letting somebody hit my arms. I'm not taking damage to the head. My arms are taking damage, but I'm so used to covering up and letting somebody work that I can counter back right after without feeling tired or having my, you know, if someone throws an elbow, I don't really feel it because during the fight, so much adrenaline is going on. You don't feel that pain. You don't feel it till you know, after the fight. And so I'm going to go out there and uh, capitalize on that. He, he's slow. He likes to switch his stance so he can set up his left kick. Or he'll throw like a step uh, front kick just to the legs, though. He likes to try to kick to the calves, but every person he's fought hasn't really checked his kicks. And then the one person that checked his kick, he didn't really throw anymore. And he doesn't check kicks either. He just kind of uses that to try to set up those takedowns. Like I said, when he gets hit, if he gets hit, uh, hit stiff once or twice, he'll back up. He'll back out, and then he'll wait to shoot for the takedown, whereas... I'm going to keep pressing the pace. I know that takedown's going to be coming once I'm capitalizing on those crosses or those uppercuts, you know, coming in heavy with the knees and clinching them up, putting them up against the fence. He's never had somebody put him in a bad situation because most of the time he's doing the pressure and the other guy's just allowing it to happen. So this is going to be the first time for him. He's fought somebody who's willing to pressure him. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because if he takes you down, you've been getting some high-level training over there at Team Alpha Male. Describe what it's like to work with those with that group of guys who's high level when it comes to, to guillotines, probably the best camp in the world for guillotines, as well as has, in my opinion, one of the best coaches um, all around in, in your eye of favor. So what's it like been uh, what's it been like training there? 
it's awesome. You know, um, it, it's an amazing crew. They're they're good people. Um, they're definitely fun to train with, and we all after practice kind of sit around, talk shit together, and it's just one of those things, man. Where it's like, you know, when I was up at Lost Boys, it was kind of the same thing. It's like that family feeling. You get to know certain people, so you hang out, you start that camaraderie, and it becomes a good time. And that's really how training becomes better is once you get to know somebody, how you can get better by being able to critique them in a positive manner while also taking critique from them and understanding, hey, they're just saying it to help you out. So um, it's, it's been really cool, you know, like having those people be like, hey, man, try it like this, see if you like it or try it like that. If you don't like it, maybe set it up this way. And when it comes to the, uh, the ground game, it's perfect. You know, I just got done yesterday it was a spar day so i went light and just did drilling but i had a couple of guys who were just willing to let me work my moves you know they still threw at me and they made me uh work but you know during that wake cut i decided to fast and be like i want to see how i feel already gassed out before i start and i i was able to push through you know instead of three rounds i did four rounds and it was just one of those things where i was just grinding and pushing and pushing and pushing so it, it was good um to have bigger people my size, though, is always a blessing because you hear a lot of people talk about how Team Alpha Male is notorious for having small people, yeah. but yeah. we're starting people there, too. So it's it's good. Yeah, like when you think uh, Team Alpha Male, you think the Bantamweights and, like, Cody and Uriah or Featherweights and Chad and, and Darren Elkins, but you don't really think about the higher weight class. So it's good to hear that they are getting some uh, some bigger guys there and, and, and some guys that you can train with. Yeah, you know, um, Nuno's, unfortunately, uh, his last performance, uh, his UFC debut, didn't go the way we wanted it to. But, you know, he was working his ass off, and he made no excuses for it. Um, I was in there every day with him, and, you know, he had a good game plan going in. It was just one of those things where it just didn't pan out. And, I mean, if you look at him now, he's ready to get right back into the gym. And, you know, I have nothing but respect for people like that. You know, I was training with him, and... He's giving me pointers on, you know, setting up takedowns. And so I was giving him pointers on uh, the stand-up. And, you know, he, he's a cool dude. We we're all watching that fight. But we also have to move on to the next fight. You know, we can't just dwell on the last one. We have to continue to move on each and every one. So even when I win a fight, I don't dwell on it. I'm already thinking, okay, when's my next fight? Like, I celebrate that night. And then, you know, the next day, I'm like, hey, man, when's my next fight? So after this fight, when I win... And when my brother wins, I want to be telling Dana White, hey, cool, contract, but let's start getting the first fight off this contract done. Let's get the second fight done. Let's renegotiate. Let's keep the ball rolling. I want to, I fought three times in five weeks before. And a lot of people are like, well, the UFC is different. You know, they're higher level athletes. And it's like, well, the UFC is different and anything can happen at any given time. I've seen high level athletes get knocked out by people I feel like do not belong in the UFC. And then eventually, after that huge knockout, those people end up getting kicked out of the UFC because they go on maybe a three- or four-fight losing streak after the one big win. So it's all political. To get into the UFC, you have to know the right people. You have to be with the right management. I'm not going to sit here and say that's not true. I mean, I was never even looked at by the UFC until I got a manager. Uh, same with my brother. We were never looked at by the UFC until we got management. I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you a couple more questions, and then I'll and then I'll like let, let you go. There's a big fight this weekend. Uh, I have to ask your prediction on it. Stipe DC three, possibly the biggest heavyweight fight of all time. What's your thoughts? Stipe round two. I love it. Short and sweet. Do you think it's TKO submission? I'm assuming TKO. I think it's gonna be a knockout. I think he's gonna um, 
I think he's going to go back to the first strategy of going to the body, which is smart. Um, you know, Cormier, over the duration of the fight, once he got that good liver shot, he was never the same. And then when Stipe realized, uh, Cormier doesn't really have a strong core. That That's the one thing I've noticed, though. You know, maybe he does now. Maybe he's training his core even more. But it's one of those things, too, where Stipe, I feel like, is going to take advantage of that. I mean, if you look at him, he's cut down, but he looks shredded. Uh, he's looking lean for this fight, so he'll be a faster um, and stronger Stipe. Maybe not as strong as he was when he was heavier, but I feel like he's going to have enough to, you know, just make sure that the fighting stays technical on the stand-up. And he, I feel like he's going to throw a lot of teeps uh, to the stomach. I don't feel like he's going to allow Cormier to get those takedowns like he did in fight two, where he did a really good job at defending those. And, um, yeah, I feel like he'll... First round, pick up off the body, and then the second round, he'll finish it with some body shots, and then follow it up with some punches. All right, I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask this this one. I've asked your brother. I want to see if you guys are uh, in sync in this answer. Um, greatest sibling duo to ever compete in the UFC. Meanless. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, I'll end it on this. Um, for people who haven't watched your fights, what can they expect from you next week? Expect a fun fight, man. I mean, um, even if it goes all three rounds, I'm never going to stop fighting. I don't stop pushing the pace. I'm always looking to finish. Uh, same with my brother. He's always looking to finish. We're mean. So when we're going out there, we have, you know, that intent to hurt people. And, uh, you know, there's been fights where I already knew I was going to win the fight. And so I just start toying you know, with my opponent. So, you know, if that's a possibility in this fight, I'm going to toy with my opponent. But at the end of the day, I want to get a finish. You know, I want to finish my opponent as fast as I can. Every person wants to be able to do that. And uh, just look forward to a finish, man. Just look forward to a fun night of fights. Look forward to the Kosi brothers getting those contracts signed. And then look forward to them being uh, fighting in the UFC a lot sooner than people expect. We don't like to wait. We hate waiting. We've already cut the weight. Our weight's already going to be down. So what's the hold up anyway? You know, if we can't fight this Saturday because, of the, you know, the seven-day rule or whatever BS they have, then put us on the next, you know, Wednesday uh, fight night card or the next Saturday fight night card. All right, man. Thank you very much for the time. All the best. I'm rooting for you guys. And uh, stay safe. Awesome. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you again. All right, man. All the best.